Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. So I saw this tweet yesterday. Cam Marino, that is his real name, he's an NFL reporter, and says, Source, the Detroit Lions and star receiver Amon Ross St. Brown are in discussions that would give St. Brown's contract it would give St. Brown's contract an extension of at least three years at an annual salary of $25 million. So basically a three-year, $75 million extension for Amon Ross St. Brown, who has been very, very good for the Detroit Lions. He was a fourth-round pick in 2021, selected 25 picks after Nico Collins, so they're in the same draft class. Yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown's been incredibly consistent. I say consistent. He's been ascending each year. 900 yards plus his rookie year. Then 1,100 yards plus his second year, and this year he blew up. He was over 1,500 yards. He has turned into a great young football player. Three years, $25 million. If I were Detroit, I'd do it in a heartbeat for Amon Ross St. Brown. It does yeah. make him a top five average annual value guy. That's about where A.J. Brown and guys like that are right now, Seth, just below the Tyreek Hills and the Devontae Adamses of the world. Um, the Texans now have enough good players where things like this happen, and we look at it and go, okay, well, this is a situation – that the Texans are facing with yeah. Nico Collins. I think that with Nico Collins, the interesting, the sweet spot here might be that Nico Collins does not have the same production over three years that Amon Ross St. Brown has had. And there are reasons for that. For one, um, quarterback. For two, offensive coordinator. For three head <laughs> offensive coaches. coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, multiple different offensive coordinators, head coaches, all that. It's just I'm on Raw St. Brown has been in a in a better situation in some respects. Uh, but the other big one is injuries. And that Nico's been injured and banged up. So I think that honestly, if I had to gamble, yeah, the next three years for Nico are gonna be really good years and might end up like evening out exactly with Amon Ross St. Brown. But he doesn't have this that same track record. He also doesn't. Um, he's he's got the the injury history to worry about. I think the Texans could probably extend him right now. And if if Nico's being, I don't want to say reasonable about it, but if he's if he's maybe perhaps being realistic about it, you got to look at it and say, you know what, I have been injured a lot, and if I get banged up again this year, going into free agency next year, that's going to be a big check against me. Yeah, and. Really, like, good, but not necessarily market-leading money right now could end up being a, a good investment for both sides. It's a really interesting case because, yeah, you 
you point out the the medical stuff. I guess I, if, if I'm making a counterpoint to that, um, he was he you know he did he, that was two years that was his first two years. He was yeah. relatively healthy this past year. He missed a couple games, but bounced back quickly from those games. Played well when he bounced back. Um, the other thing too, the difference with Nico, and we read this in articles about Nico and Nick Casario said it to you and I on Radio Row a yeah. week or two ago um, that. Nico, we asked him specifically about Nico, and he said that Nico had a different process this past offseason. He was just way more focused on getting his body right, coming into the season, not being injured again, not getting those little dings and nicks that you get, and ultimately you look up and you've missed seven or eight games, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So they may be more comfortable with what his process is. I think they're probably super comfortable with who he is as a person and a player, Um, and I guess the ga- the gamble you make, Seth, like anything like this, is if you go, okay, three years, $25 million a year. You yeah. know, that puts him in top five. But that's the way it goes in the NFL. You know, guys get bumped into the top five who may not be a top five receiver because the price keeps going up, the cap keeps going up, and so forth. If Nico has another year next year, like he had this year, he will cost more than that. Like He's he, going to cost that, more than yeah. That's yeah. two elite years in a row. And now you're talking about going, okay, do we need to use the franchise tag on him? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I guess, and that's where, again, that's where I'm saying that, like, strike while the iron's hot right now, I think for both sides. Um, if you look at Amon Ross St. Brown and Nico Collins, and again, I understand all the differences, and, and Amon Ross St. Brown has been in a better situation for these past three years than Nico has been, but just by receptions alone, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown has twice as many receptions as, as Nico Collins. Mm-hmm. He's got 315 receptions. Nico's got 150. This is over the same amount of time over three years. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just looking on pro football reference when you stack the two up next to each other. The only place, this is a notable one, though. The only place where Nico is better in the main statistical comparisons is in uh, yards per reception. Nico's 14.8 yards per reception. I'm on Ross St. Brown's 11.4. Yeah, they're different like, So when types, you start yeah. talking about explosivity yep. and, like, the threat that you can have, like, the thing that the Texans really value, Nico has, I mean, he displayed it this year. Part of it, I think the reason is that's so high is that his breakout year was also a year in this offense where it's just perfectly suited to him. But that part of it, like, the upside is really potentially exciting. He's a chunk play machine. Yeah, and I think and yeah. you're, I think you're bringing up his career number. I think his number, if I'm not mistaken, this season was over 16 yards per catch, just for the yeah. 2023 season. So I think yeah. that's the one you got to look at. If I'm Nico Collins and I'm sitting there across the table from the Texans, and they're bringing up 2021 and 2022 from a numbers standpoint to me, that's where I'm going. Okay, screw this. I'm going to free agency. I was playing in Pep Hamilton's offense with Davis Mills as my quarterback. Look at what I am with C.J. Stroud. Look at what I am with C.J. Stroud. That's what I would be saying. I don't know what you know. I don't know if that would resonate with the Texans, but that's what I would say if I were Nico Collins. Yeah, no, and I, I, I think more likely than not, he's going to end up having another huge season. And yeah, if he hits free agency, they're either going to have to franchise tag him or he hits free agency and he gets a really, really big deal. That's where I think, like, if he has, if Nico has um, a certain amount of rea- uh, um, realism about potential for injury. Mm-hmm. And the Texans have a certain realism about the potential for for him to get for Nico to get a huge contract next year if he has the same type of year. They might be able to meet in the middle and get a little like a top ten type of salary, but it doesn't have to be this, the equivalent of a, a free agency contract. Right yeah, now. when I, I when I first saw this on Twitter at twenty five, like three years, seventy five million, 
I, my, my gut reaction was, yeah, I would do that for Nico. My gut, before going to Spot Rack and all those other places to see what exactly, where exactly that would put him, once I looked and saw like where that would put him among wide receivers, then I, I mean, I started nitpicking a little bit. I'm like, all right, well, maybe for like $22 million a year I would do it. I don't know. I, all I know is this. Like, if a tweet came out today that the Texans have agreed to a three-year, $75 million extension with Nico Collins, I'd be excited about it. I'd be excited that yeah. Nico's in the building. For three more years after next year, I'd I'd be excited about it, but I also would have that same feeling of like when you get your first real paycheck as an adult and you see how much FICO is, you're like, oh, 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 all right, all right, like all this cap space and everything else, like and oh, having a good team, like oh yeah, it's uh, it's gonna cost me a bit, isn't it? It's gonna there's uh, okay, I the, it, it's the reality sinks in of I've still got other guys to sign. And you're already going down this road of like, all right, man, just to keep everything together, it starts to get real interesting real fast. If you were, if you were to ask me the likelihood of it happening, I think it's probably more likely than people think, and I'm just basing that on last offseason. Mm-hmm. Clearly Nick Casario's not afraid to pay guys that he's got a working knowledge of maybe a little bit more than people expect. And Shaq, Mason, and- Shaq Mason is one of the top paid guards in football. Titus Howard is making $18 million a year to play right tackle. He's yet to take a snap at right tackle since he put the pen on the paper for that contract yeah. extension. And then obviously Laramie Tunsil last year as well. So, Well, and it, some of it too, Sean, yeah. I think I think it, it goes along with, hey, look, you've got your quarterback on a rookie contract, so that gives you extra space. You've got Tank Dell on a rookie contract. Your receiving core can be – like the total money of allotted that you allot to your wide receivers um, doesn't have to be that great because Tank Dell is on a rookie contract. And that's where I'm going to end up going on the defensive side of the ball too is that, man, there's some good there's some good interior defensive linemen out there in the draft that you could take that that contract's a lot more appetizing than what you might have to pay for Chris Jones or Matabike. Yeah. And um, like it, so if it, I'm probably, even though I hate like picking positions in the draft, I'm starting to feel like, all right, you got to take an interior defensive lineman in the first round and take a wide receiver in the second round because you got, uh, you got, you got both those good things in droves in the draft. Okay, so so were you a Matabike or Chris Jones guy before as far as free agency um, goes? I'm, I like those guys a lot, but I have huge reservations about paying both of those guys um, for a couple of different reasons. Okay. Chris Jones first. Which is that, like, he is awesome, and he's really, really big in the clutch. Like, that's been demonstrated time and time again that in the fourth quarter, in key moments, he comes up huge. The weird thing about him, and I always felt this watching him, except now that I I, I found actual definitive proof of the fact that he just kind of cruises through the first three quarters and, like, waits for those big moments. This year, it was extreme. So this year, going into his... (laughs) Going into his free agents, his, his genuine free agency year, where he's going to have a chance to, to be a free agent, most, most likely, unless he resigns with Kansas City. Yeah. He's got the number of tackles that he has in the first three quarters of games. He's got, <laughs> he's got nine tackles in the first three quarters of games. He's got like the lowest tackle rate of any defensive tackle in the league through the first three quarters and certainly amongst guys who are top pass rushers. And then in the fourth quarter, he like gears up and like he's Helligan's run. And like so much of this matches with just your eyeball test of what was going on in the Super Bowl. The 49ers yeah. were running right up the gut, 
right up the gut for for three quarters of the game, and then in like in crunch time when it really matters, he loads up. And I guess a part of me that there's a part of me that's that thinks, man, all right, look, dude, this dude just kind of takes plays off and comes up big in big moments. And is that who you want to pay a lot of money? And, it, and I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be impartial about it and look at it objectively and say, all right, is that just me being like an ornery old guy? Or is it like, is there value in it? Like, what are the, is there value in having a guy that just kind of cruises and takes plays off, but comes up huge in big time moments? I'm going to tell you what it's not. It's not swarm. Nor is it, it's, sw- yeah. nor is it swarm. It's not yeah. swarm or swarm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Strong Special work, work ethic. ethic. Yeah. yeah. Special taking, work ethic. Take, relentless mindset. Yeah, yeah. You pointed out that you, you can't really, you shouldn't turn the W into two words. D'Amico, but yeah. So it was, his, uh, this is what it was. His run stop rate was 4.3% in quarters one through three. Okay. Just don't, it's like whatever that means, run stop rate. Just don't worry too much other than to know it's the lowest by any defensive tackle over okay. the last two seasons. That's context right there. <laughs> That's yeah. the lowest of yeah. any defensive tackle. That's you. how much he cruises through the first three quarters. Yeah. It's just it's just insane. And the, like the total number of tackles that he has like uh compared to other top pass rushers, he just he just doesn't care that much about stopping the run except in big moments when I, like it helps out the team, but I just yeah, I don't know if that's D'Amico's mindset guy. If Mata BK <clears throat> plays his butt off, he just doesn't get double teamed that often. And I think in that in that defense with the Ravens where they do a good job of getting guys singled up, um I just don't know if his production he's going to get paid based on this last year's production. I don't think you can expect that production year to year. And it's not because he's lazy or anything, but I think it's and we've seen this coming with a oh that that white kid that defensive end a few years ago that had the big year, got a free agency contract with Detroit and ended up just kind of fizzling out. I don't remember, but I'll, I'll look think. it up. Somebody, yeah. will, somebody will tell me on the yeah, text yeah. line. I don't like we've seen this out of Baltimore defenders like going back for years where they they get really good production in that system, then they go elsewhere, and it's just not the same. Um, when you're on a defense that it does a good job of getting guys singled up, it, it turns into – you're paying for production that you're not going to get on your team. Um, So you're thinking draft for defensive tackle then? That's what I'm thinking. I think if they look at everything and, and look at the potential for what they could get, and D'Amico's already said they're going to spend resources on defensive linemen, I could see – they might make a couple of non-splash defensive line signings or front seven signings, but then use that first-round pick for a, a defensive lineman, God, maybe trade up for I one. I can see the Ravens guy that you're talking about, and I can't think of who it is. I can yeah. see him. I can absolutely see him. Uh, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, interesting question. Would you rather sign Mike Evans for that deal or extend Nico Collins? I'd rather extend Nico. I think yeah. I would, too. I, I think I would, too. Now, I'll say this. If we got a tweet the first day of free agency that the Texans gave Mike Evans three years, seventy-five million, that probably you know probably forty, fifty of it's guaranteed. That would sound like a whole lot of fun this coming season. You know, it's instant gratification of free agency versus you know kind of yeah. allocating your resources because because yeah. that that Evans deal would prevent you from probably extending Nico Collins at that point. I, I think this is where. If you look at like the actual holes in the roster right now, because guys aren't under contract anymore, yeah, it just uh, you got to start. You got to look at it that way. In my opinion, like yes, it would be awesome to be just absolutely loaded at wide receiver. It would be great 
but at the expense of sucking on defense, I don't know if that's what that's the sacrifice we need to make. Like, do we want? Are we, do we just want to <laughs> turn this into the run and shoot, um, or just we might as well bring in Cliff Kingsbury to be the coach? I, I don't know. I just don't know if um, that's where I want to be. So. I'd rather spend like on good, solid players in the front seven. Maybe they, and if they make a splash, either uh, you know, maybe with Patrick Queen. Um, oh gosh, I wish I could remember the name of the kid. I'll, I'll come up with it. Um, but he made a really good point about how Patrick Queen and Christian Harris both might not be that guy that you want at Mike because um, they just seem to play better when they can play uh, when they can play Will and just be. Uh, they can they can just play football, yeah. and they don't necessarily have to be the, the shot caller and everything. Yeah, uh, they I think Christian Harris and Patrick Queen are both that guy, and 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 they tend to be better in that situation. So I don't know if uh, now that might change in D'Amico's defense, where D'Amico doesn't necessarily do as much as they do in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's as I don't think it's as taxing mentally as perhaps some of the things they do in Baltimore. So, he might look at Patrick Queen and and think like, "No, I can make this guy my mic and we'll be okay." There is a um there is a battle going on right now. I don't want to say a mutiny or anything like that, but there appears to be tension between in the loop and the drive based oh, no. on something that John Lopez did yesterday. John Lopez was caught on film doing Yesterday, I think the only way to mediate and adjudicate this thing is to have the the impartial daytime show, Payne oh, and Pendergast, yeah. hash this out and see who's that, in the yeah. right and who's in the wrong. Right? We'll be King Solomon on this. Joint. Yes, yes. Yeah. We will do that. We'll tell you what the issue is. Many of you probably know, but you will hear that next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast. <laughs> I'm sure this is an old joke, but it made me chuckle after I did my Johnson Fitness and Wellness yeah. read. One of our listeners says, I'm into fitness, fitness whole pizza in my mouth. I laughed at that too. Hey, man, <laughs> take my approach to fitness. Uh, the, the, one of the great <laughs> – my approach to fitness is, man, I sure would like to burn off that whole pizza I fit in my mouth last night. Mm-hmm. And then you do it. Yep. And then you get the benefits of both. You, yeah. are, you are very good at recognizing when you've splurged a little bit and then – Getting after it. I I witnessed 
like less than half of a two-hour workout that you did while we were in Las Vegas because <laughs> I was I not there for the whole thing. Yeah, I don't like my okay. It's a, it's not a healthy attitude to think like, well, I had a big meal last night. Now I got to burn it off today. That's genuine, generally not sustainable. I do. I don't know if this is healthy or not, but I like I feel like it works for me because a bodybuilder taught me this once. Once it's a if you do like if you do have a big old binge or huge meal or something. If you think of it as like, hey, that's fuel for an awesome workout. Ooh. So like that's what the day you Last saw me, full. we had eaten real big the day before. I think that was like the day after we'd had the Italian. Like I had just like I basically ate like three loaves of bread. I was like, man, I feel awesome. Yeah. I'm just going to do two hours of cardio and like and listen to music the whole time. And it was like I had an awesome time. So it wasn't I wasn't specifically trying to burn off those calories, but I was using those calories as fuel for an awesome workout. Good advice. Good advice. Yeah. All right. So, Seth, as you know, in our studio here. The NFL season, one of the um, one of the staples here in the studio at Sports Radio 610 throughout the season was a long row of rainbow colors of Mad Dog 2020 that sat right on the windowsill <laughs> for our control room. Yeah, and about once every couple days I would ask you, so do these things, uh, does, wine, does Mad Dog keep? I'd look at it and I was like, boy, that's a, that's a nice neon color I'd like to taste. But I didn't know. Like, uh, I don't Like, it's wine, right? Right, uh, right, right. Yeah. With, lots of sh- with extra sugar in it. It seems like it should keep. Yeah. So it, it and there, there must have been 10 or 12 bottles of it, some totally full and unopened, some halfway consumed. Yeah. And, and we looked like unambitious hobos. Yeah. Like, if, well, yeah. If, you're, if you're a regular listener to the station, you know that that was, that was part of the drives gimmick this season, was they did Mad Dog Monday when the Texans. Won football games. They would drink some Mad Dog 2020 here in studio. I liked it. I thought it was cool. It was different. It was unique. Now, it led to a whole shelf of Mad Dog 2020 sitting in our studio here, showing up on camera. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily something like when when you're, when you're people are popping into the studio for the first time uh, or in, onto the YouTube for the first time or in studio. And they're seeing a shelf of Mad Dog 2020 there, if that's exactly the image you're trying to portray. It's fun, for sure. But yesterday, for one of us here at Sports Radio 610, the shelf of possibly spoiled Mad Dog 2020, enough was enough. And um, John Lopez <laughs> John Lopez threw all of the bottles of Mad Dog 2020 out. He was caught on camera. He was caught on camera doing so. And... Um, Threw them in the. There's a garbage can right next to my chair here. Like a, you know, it's about a three foot high garbage can. Has a big garbage bag in it. So he threw them in there. So there was going to be cleaning people here coming in and getting this Mad Dog later. That'll play in in a second. So this turned into a little thing between the drive and in the loop yesterday. That the, the John Lopez essentially took the property of Clint Sterner and Ron Hughley and threw it in the garbage. And Landry tweeted about this. I asked Landry. I said, "What? I need to know what was said." Uh, as John Lopez is throwing these yeah. bottles away. And Landry said, I don't have the direct quote, but I think it was something like, I'm tired of this bleep and nasty-ass effing full bottles around here. I'm throwing them out. End quote. That was Lopez. Okay. So, so far, Seth, where do you come out on John Lopez grabbing a dozen <sighs> bottles of Mad Dog, some full, and yeah. throwing them in oh, the garbage? Oh, some of them were full. Some of them were unopened. Yeah. Okay, all right. That's Okay, that's unacceptable um the empty ones i i think because i've had that same thought like all right dude this just looks nasty like it reminds me too much of like being hung over in college yeah you know like i there's something about it's just kind of nasty 
but I, I think I think that the right thing to do would have been to at least ask first, hey, is there a reason you guys are keeping these half-empty ones? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I might have, like, organized them a little bit better or mm-hmm. something to to try and then but but i i don't know at the very first at the very least first ask is there a reason we're keeping the half the half empty ones yeah um okay so i i I, like i agree with you like i just don't think like i'm you know i was kind of like all right we you know we've the season's over there's no reason to keep all if it's during the season and that's your gimmick keep them in here there's no more reason to keep them in here i don't know that lopez was in the wrong for removing them from the studio now he might have he might could have removed them and put them across the hall and then let Clint and Ron go figure out what to do with their property instead of throwing it in the garbage can. I mean, maybe they want to keep it for some reason. Maybe it's a memento for them of what was a glorious Texans resurgence this year. You know what I mean? Like, let them decide what ultimately to do with them, but just remove them from the studio is fine. Here was Clint's counterpoint on Twitter yesterday. Um, Clint said, ain't wrong for the action, talking to Lopez. It's a shared space. However, um... This we need to address this. He uses some emojis, and I'm not sure what he's uh, what he's saying here. But he says Lope, his, his argument against it, I guess, is um, Lopez's back is to the Mad Dog and to Figgy. It was on the shelf that Lopez had his back to. So he's saying, why does John get so worked up about it? I guess because his back is to it. You don't have to look at it, John. Clint, I'll tell you, the rest of us have to look at it, and I'm cool with it being removed. Number two, Mad Dog Mondays was never a touch the bottom bit. Bubble it and move on. I don't know what that means. Um, unopened bubble mad- it and move on. Just like drink it and then just throw it out. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that that addresses the fact that we had a shelf full of half drinking Mad Dog here. I'm guessing bubble it means like when you pop a top, you know, yeah, like a, that with champagne, which Mad Dog often oftentimes called the champagne of um, what's that kind of wine called? You're thinking of maybe Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. No, no, no. I know, but I was making a joke about uh, Mad Dog 2020 being the uh, the champagne of. Um, What's the, uh, the ripple the, the kind ripple wine? Yeah, okay. ripple wine. Okay, it's the wine the hobos drink. Yes, sugary wine. That's sugary what Mad wine. Dog Twenty Twenty is. Um, yeah. He says that the unopened Mad Dog was for in the loop if they joined. I think that was part of Lopez's complaint was that some of these haven't even been opened. They've been sitting here all season. Clint's explanation is, "Hey, man, those were for you if you wanted to join in on the gimmick." Um, and he says that ultimately it led to a money idea that Mad Dog. Monday was very well received by the audience, which I think it was. I said at the outset, yeah. I thought it was a fun gimmick that they did. And they, and they had good energy during it, all those things. This is Clint's best point. And he made this as a follow-up to the five points that, that I just read, or four or whatever. He said, the move of Lopez throwing all those bottles into the garbage can, yeah. into a garbage bag, Put the cleaning crew in a rough spot. Taking a 100-pound bag of garbage down 19 floors without it ripping is going to be impossible. Real POS move at Lopez on sports. Hope you're <laughs> proud of yourself. That was Clint? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. POS move. POS move. Shoo. Boy, that's that's rough right there. Um, I don't know. I, think, I feel like, uh, for one, I disagree with Clint's characterization of the garbage process. Um, that's not how it works exactly. They're not, it's not, yeah, like, they're not, it's not like they take down. one bag of garbage and then walk it down 19 flights of stairs, uh, put it in the dumpster and then come back up. But, uh, but, but the initial lifting out of the, yes. the initial heaving out of the, the can might be kind of tough. Yeah. He didn't need to bring up the 19 floors. He, right, he just right. said taking a hundred pound bag of garbage without it ripping is going to be impossible. Real POS move, Lopez. Hope you're proud of yourself. And I agree with all that. Because that is true. I hadn't thought about that. But, like, yeah. That, and if you, 
I've been up here it's before not at night. That heavy. The, have you seen the cleaning ladies? They're tiny. Yeah, but they're also tougher than we are. So I, how heavy? How many bottles was it? It was it like twelve bottles. Twelve and some of them half empty. That's okay, that that's like a that's a that's a case of Mad Dog. They can lift that. That's not. I, yeah, in a bag I disagree where with, you're plunking I, I it on the ground, like you, you can lift it if it's in a box or something. Like I'm gonna have to go out and buy twelve bottles of Mad. Dog. I need you to experiment with this and see how have, far off base you are on this. I'm gonna have to take all my newfound reimbursement money that you sent me, my 1999, right. buy, buy twelve bottles of Mad Dog and see how heavy it is. You'll have money left over. That's uh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody says, oh, no, throwing out full bottles of MD-2020. That's like three bucks a bottle down the drain. Listen, man, listen, man, just think about it this way. Okay, what if you had $3 in your hand? Oh, what if you had, what if you had $27 in your hand? Yeah. And I just grabbed that $27 Ooh. and threw it down the drain. Right. Are you going to be stoked about that? Right. Do you think that's awesome? And what if you actually had to go out and buy those or take those uh, out of the ATM in three dollar increments. Yes, uh, that that part of it is. It. I still stand by. I don't. I disagree with Clint's. I disagree with Clint's uh, argument about the the heft. I think Clint doesn't respect cleaning ladies as much as he probably claims to do. I would uh, argue he I, respects them more. No, 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 no. It's kind of a like a. There you go, little lady. I know. Look, I'll take care of you because I know that you're you're pathetic. <laughs> he's <and> white knighting. <laughs> yes, he's, he's white knighting, and, like, and he disrespects. He doesn't think those women can handle it. He's he's basically like, oh, that's okay, honey. Let me do that math for you. I know you're just a dame. You know, uh, like oh. Broad. Sorry, lady. Oh, look. Oh, no. Hey, hey wanna leave that job to me. You can't handle that, little lady. So, uh, so I disagree with Clint, misogynist. And I disagree with Lopez not at least clearing it with those guys first. Or yeah. uh, maybe, hey, like, hey, you mind if I get rid of these things? Something like that. I am, I am stronger on Clint's argument about the cleaning people than you are. Yeah. Um, you and I are both in lockstep, I think, though, that just picking them up and tossing them in the garbage was a little much. I mean, it's it, while it's property that's probably not highly desirable by most human beings, it is their property. And it, they should hard be... To, you know, that's the kind of thing that's hard to bring up without it almost seeming more confrontational than you mean it to be. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it does... I, okay, and then I'll go back to the original root cause of the problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Clinton, Clinton, Ron. Like, clean up it. You know, clean the stuff up. It's so, like if you had... Uh, like, you, you should have just kept it cleaner and tighter than you did. You, you, um, you're siding with Lopez, then. No, oh, I'm not. Okay. I'm saying they were both in the wrong. Oh, okay. I, it was them. It was. It was. But Lopez should have checked first. Yeah. Like what? Okay. So what? I guess yeah. At the very root of it, let me be clear, be clear on this. Yeah. Why were Clint and Ron upset that Lopez did that? That he that he threw it out. Yeah. I, I think just because it was probably theirs and it was a money he gimmick. Felt like that's ours. Yeah, that's yeah. our stuff right there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah I feel like in well, that and, is, and Clint was upset for the cleaning people too, as has been pointed out. I'm just laying it all out there. You asked. I'm just laying it so, out there. Somebody points out that it was kind of a dirtbag move to bring up the 19 floors because it implies that they're taking the stairs, which they're not. I agree with that. Like, I, the 19th floor is not any, it's not any different than like one floor down when elevators are involved. I, I think there's flaws in both arguments. Let me bring up a Landry argument here real quick before we close out this topic, and it is this. Landry said that you could keep doing the gimmick but stop doing just sips of Mad Dog and you have to drink a whole bottle yeah, of Mad Dog. Yeah. Then it's a real gimmick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing. Yeah, taking a, a sip of Mad Dog, it just—I uh, was always a little bit confused about that. Yeah, uh, well, it doesn't taste. They good. They should again, you know, next next year, 
Maybe they should get a, like the whatever the limited reserve edition of Yellow Roses or something. I would and love take a that. Sip out of that. Yeah, 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 that would be great. All right, uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. So Lopez, be more respectful of people's property. Ron and Clint, be more respectful of the ti- respectful of the tidiness in the room. And Lopez, at least in my mind, be more respectful of the diminutive cleaning ladies in the building here. Uh, one of a yeah. So now you and uh, one of the listeners thinks uh, says Seth hates cleaning ladies. No, no, no. Quite the contrary. I have respect for cleaning ladies. You do, and uh, yeah, I, I understand what they're capable of. Unlike you, you people who would just diminish them and look at them as like, oh, whatever. What are they? Uh, probably just uh, they can. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You got you got no respect for cleaning ladies. Did the window close on D'Amico Ryan's for one particular accolade? That is next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app live from the twin peak studios sports radio 610 presents pain and pendergast hey real quick we'll get to the closing of the window on D'Amico ryan's here in just a second a big shout out the uh, be an angel folks last night seth i was a bingo number caller last night at a Huge charity event here to benefit. Did you have to do training for that? Be an angel? No. And I, by the end no. of the night, I'm not going to lie, I was really good at it by the end of the night. Oh, yeah? It's not easy to do in a room full of 600 people. In a room full of, it was purse bingo. So the prizes were really nice upscale purses yeah. in a room full of nearly 600 women. When you so, say, like, when you read out B9, do you have to say B as in Bravo 9? No, because I think they know in bingo there's only five letters and there's not another oh, is that one all? sounds with B. You know, and that oh, sounds like B. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize they were playing remedial bingo. But yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I'm just, I was, you know, just walk before I can run kind of thing. So, no, it was really good. And that's Dan Pastorini's charity that he's part of the, uh, uh, he's part of the leadership group of that yeah, charity. Yeah, yeah, He yeah. is a huge C.J. Stroud fan. Huge. And, and, yeah, and uh, Dan's not one to just kind of sugarcoat things or you know, toe the toe the homer line or anything. Like he's he's always been very you know back in like the Matt Schaub days he was uh, he was very I don't want to say critical but like I think appropriately skeptical of where Matt Schaub's ceiling was. Um, and uh, so is, is CJ, he sounds like he's the opposite. He he I think he thinks nobody throws a better ball that he's ever seen. 
than C.J. Stroud. Like a, just a, a, a beautiful natural Yes, he passer. throws the nicest ball he's ever seen. Yeah. So he's very, very high on C.J. Stroud. So that was fun. Fun event last night. Got to uh, compact delivery. It's interesting. The one thing that CJ does, it's a little bit different. Like, like he keeps his elbow closer to his head, like or look closer in. Which is uh, that's one that like I'm not, I'm no quarterback mechanics expert or something, but it's one thing you notice when when you watch him and you can see that his delivery is more compact. Mm-hmm. Um, I like he does some things that I don't know. Maybe if he had gotten all the fancy quarterback tutelage early in his career, somebody would have tried to take him out of that. Uh, but it it works for him really well. He got, um, whatever he's doing right he now, he got the fanciest YouTube. That's yeah. the uh, watching. That's, yeah, that's the yeah. fanciest. So yeah, that was it. Was fun last night. Shout out to all the ladies. There, there are a lot of ladies there that listen to the show. Um, shout out to Cindy who registered me when I got there. She's been listening for a long time, going all the way back. Sports talk listener for years. Um, so that was uh, that was a whole lot of fun last night at uh, at being Angel. Really good charity benefiting uh, benefiting special needs kids. It's just they do amazing things. Beanangel.com, is that their? Uh... Uh, I don't know. I don't have the website in front of me, but uh, I'm sure if you Google Being Angel, it'll pop right up. Um, so D'Amico Ryan's he he finished in a virtual tie for Coach of the Year with Kevin Stefanski. The tie was broken because Kevin Stefanski had one more first place vote than D'Amico Ryan's. He could not have come any closer, D'Amico, to winning Coach of the Year than he did in 2023. Uh, but it looks like this coming season, he's a little far down on the list of favorites to win the award. The favorite, and I tend to agree with this because you need, you know, you need some room for improvement a lot of times to win Coach of the Year. Jim Harbaugh is the early favorite to win the 2024-2025 Coach of the Year. He is 5.5-1, to one, um, well ahead of Matt LaFleur, who's second on the list at 8-1. to one. That's interesting. Matt and LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, second. Raheem Morris, new coach with the Falcons, third oh. at 10-1. to one. And then a quartet of coaches sit at 14-1. to one. Shane Steichen, D'Amico Ryans, Robert Sala, and Mike McDonald, all at 14-1. to one. So to oh, make- Mike McDonald. Boy, this Mike McDaniel and Mike McDonald is going to screw me up. Okay. Um, <clears throat> He's Seattle, just, right? Mike McDonald's Seattle, right? Yeah, and I, and I think that one of, the, one of the things that Harbaugh is going to be favored for this for is I just think that he's got, a, he's got a long history of quick turnarounds. And I don't know. I'd be curious to see where um, – <laughs> Like Urban Meyer was. Uh, oh, don't get me wrong, everybody. I know. <laughs> but Urban Meyer had a history of quick turnarounds, but not in the NFL, whereas Jim Harbaugh's got a, a track record of success in the NFL already. But, yeah, I think that's that's probably a lot of where it is with him right now. It's that, A, he's going to turn around. If he, the, People expect him to turn around a team quickly because that's just generally what he's done in his career. Um, but, B, it's also the Chargers who are – perennially known as the team that just can't get it right. And if, if, if somebody can manage to reverse the hex of the Chargers, it feels like you get extra credit points for that. You know who knows what it takes to win an NFL Coach of the Year award in light of the fact that Jim Harbaugh is the favorite? Jim Harbaugh, who won it in 2011 with the San Francisco 49ers. He's he won. turned around the 49ers. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, he's won the NFL Coach of the Year before in his first year with San Francisco. I'm looking, as far as D'Amico goes and winning Coach of the Year next year, um, it, generally speaking, with Coach of the Year, not always, but for the most part, you need to fit into one of two categories. You either need to be a first-year head coach whose team made massive improvement, yeah, or you need to be an existing head coach whose team was one of the best one or two teams 
in the regular season. Stefanski's actually a little bit of an outlier in 2023, and it's because the outlier part is he won a he he won 11 games with four different starting quarterbacks. So yeah. that was but for the like Brian Dayball won it two years ago, rookie head coach Kevin Stefanski in 2020. Rookie head coach John Harbaugh, yeah. twenty nineteen. They were fourteen and two. Matt, I'm just going straight backwards. Matt Nagy, rookie head coach, big improvement with the Bears. Sean McVay, rookie head coach, big improvement with the Rams. Um, Ron Rivera, fifteen and one with the Panthers in twenty fifteen. So you yeah, got to fit so, him. The Texans go fifteen and two. D'Amico will win it. But but as far as the the new coach shine, he doesn't get that anymore. Not anymore. He's got a, He missed his window. He did. By one, by one vote. By one first place vote for Kevin Stefanski. Joe Flacco has screwed us again, Sean. Yes, screwed right. us again. That's right. They just signed anybody else in the world. They, they got Tyrod Taylor in there or something. Then uh, we wouldn't be in this situation. There's, <laughs> there's this situation of poverty that we're in now where D'Amico Ryans didn't get the coach of the year that he deserved. I think this is a big dif- one of the big differences between me and you is that D'Amico not winning coach of the year on that night where they won the two Rookie of the Year awards and Andre yeah. went to the Hall of Fame, that bothers me more than them like losing to the Jets thirty to six during the regular season. Like I'm more bothered that well, I didn't get the maybe, satisfaction. Maybe they hadn't lost to the Jets thirty to six. No, they are. They go hand. They go hand in hand. Year. Maybe or yeah. lost to the Browns uh, for sure. Because uh, yeah, that is it, a regular season. No, 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 no. The Browns. It was with the Browns. It was with two backup. It was with a dynamic duo uh, of backup quarterbacks at the quarterback position. Um, now, yeah, the Jets. CJ Stroud got injured and may have had a concussion too. But there's no excuse for allowing Zach Wilson to have objectively the best game of his career. Yeah, I'm just bringing up any loss during yeah. the regular season. Like D'Amico losing that award bothers me more than any individual loss they had during the regular yeah, season. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know you definitely don't feel. Well, so so next year, D'Amico's only avenue is to be just one of the best teams. Be amazing. In the NFL. Yeah, be amazing next year. Win 14 I games. At some point, though, if they win 14 games, I think CJ will have selfishly taken away some of the credit from D'Amico. Maybe. And uh, CJ will, like, because <laughs> the story will be more about D'Amico and Bobby Sloak selfishly uh, improving the run game. Mm-hmm. Maybe Will Anderson selfishly getting 20 sacks. Where people, D'Amico, oh, remember, D'Amico was kind of an afterthought in a lot of the discussion in the second half of the season because there was more and more discussion about Bobby Sloak as a potential, uh, as a potential head coach. There was a lot of gushing over. Well, not, you know, gushing over C.J. Stroud, then concern over C.J. Stroud, and then down the stretch, more gushing about C.J. Stroud. And, uh, like, D'Amico really wasn't discussed as much. I think that's where, ultimately, I, like, I, I'm joking, obviously, about the selfish part. Right. But I think, ultimately, that's what ended up happening with D'Amico and, and like, why he didn't beat Stefanski, was that Stefanski's going to get credit for winning all those games with four different quarterbacks. And, and what technically five right by the end of it, but um, he won all those games with four different quarterbacks. Uh, Where D'Amico, there was just less discussion about like the adversity of the the situation because by the end of the year, it felt like, oh, where's the adversity? You got C.J. Stroud, everything's awesome. There right. You go. Right. Well, and all these players that people thought were trash before the season all of a sudden became pro bowlers in their mind. Like the Texans That's had true. no wide receivers before the season. And by the end of the year, like we have Nico Collins and Tank Dell and all this other stuff. Honestly, the one that I would look on here, the one that D'Amico is tied with that I actually might vote for instead of D'Amico if I had a vote. If the Jets and the Texans end up with identical records. I might have to give it to Robert Sala oh. because I mean the guy the guy's being blamed for a lot of things that were not his fault whatsoever 
most of all, like Zach Wilson and or any of those other quarterbacks with the Jets being horrendous quarterbacks. None of that is Robert Sala's fault, and yet they won seven games this year. Like it's impossible. Like I usually don't like doing this, but slap two thirds of the quarterbacks in the league into that position. Not Aaron Rodgers. Two thirds of the quarterbacks in the league. Put them in that spot and give Robert Sala seventeen games with them. And I feel like, and even with that goofy offensive coordinator, they've probably got a winning record and yeah. they're possibly in the playoffs. They were seven and ten with the situation they had. Could they win two more yeah. games if they had, you know, an, an average quarterback for sure? Mike Mike Meltzer's argument against that because Mike uh, Mike follows the Jets pretty closely. Um, was that the number of games that the Jets have lost by huge margins. Um, I guess my counterpoint to that would be, all right, look, when you know your offense sucks, when you know your quarterback doesn't even belong in the NFL, what do you do? You do that whole high-variance game, yeah. that boomer bust. Like, all right, man, we're going to push all the cards to the table. Like throwing that Hail Mary at the end of the first half that got returned for a touchdown against the Dolphins. The, um, the Dolphins, Dolphins yeah. on Black Friday, yep. That's right. It was on Black Friday. Yeah. Like I like people were crushing Salah for that. I'm like, hey man, that's what you got to do when you're quarter when you've got these guys out there at quarterback. Yep. Um, I'm I would bet that D'Amico Ryan's is a huge topic in San Francisco this week, uh, just based on the handling of their defensive coordinator position. And I'm not saying like, boy, they should have done whatever they could have done. I'm talking about Niner fans and media here should have done whatever it took to keep D'Amico Ryan's from taking a head coaching job. I'm just talking about the process, the hu- the the human condition of going, man. I miss D'Amico Ryans. You know, that whole thing, just based on Steve Wilkes and how he handled everything. They fired him this week, the D.C. Yeah. and San Francisco. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's calling timeouts late in the game in the Super Bowl on the defensive side of things because well, he didn't like what Steve Wilkes was but, doing. But I think, okay, so I think a lot of people listening right now might be like, yeah, but wasn't that an injustice that Steve Wilkes got fired? Because that's the way it's being presented on ESPN. Right, right. Um, and they bring up, they, they select the stats uh, that that suit the purposes. Yards, and show, like, points. Yeah. yeah. What? A, how crazy it is, and that's not the reason that they lost the Super Bowl. Look, it it really, really sounds like, especially like talking to just San Francisco fans, much less anybody in the building. Um, that that was a foregone conclusion that Steve Wilkes probably wasn't going to be back next year because it was just an extreme mismatch in a lot of ways right from the get go. Because Kyle Shanahan really loved having Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryan's, and they kind of out of necessity and desperation hired Steve Wilkes after D'Amico left because they couldn't get somebody that they really wanted in there. And Steve Wilkes was just very much focused on the back end of the defense yeah. instead of as we know from D'Amico, like man, he wants everything to start up front. And apparently there was a lot of grumbling, according to this article in The Athletic, from Fred Warner, defensive lineman, all those guys, that it just wasn't it wasn't the same this year. They were one of the worst third-down defenses in the league. Like So regardless of all the other stats um, that show that, like, no, they were an awesome defense, like San Francisco fans didn't feel like this was the same defense. They were amongst the very worst short yardage defenses in the league. Uh, it, there were a lot of flaws and blemishes in, uh, in this defense, and a lot of them showed down the stretch and in the playoffs. Not in the Super Bowl necessarily, but in the playoffs. Well, I mean, they weren't ready for corn dog. They weren't ready for, like, the, the famous – the famous play that had won the Chiefs a Super Bowl the year before. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is like, I'm, I'm looking at all this outrage over the 49ers firing Steve Wilkes, and I, I just feel like it's a lot of people that maybe nece- weren't necessarily paying very close attention to the, the 49ers during the season. This has been an ongoing discussion point. Yeah, it feels like an awkward fit. Here was Nick Bosa following the uh, the Super Bowl a few days ago. Yeah, and that was speechless. I 
couldn't really look anybody in the eye, especially all my teammates. Um, I could have done more. Everybody could have done more, and there's really not much to say at this point. It's going to hurt, and it's going to hit in waves, and uh, but that's life. <laughs> that's life. Can we make that last part? Said, yeah, the hot, last part. A hot key. The, yeah, can we make that? But that's but that's life. <laughs> I like that. The part about coming in waves, that's the part that hit me. Yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah, like any kind of grief. It doesn't, yeah, you think like, all right, I'm doing fine. I'm trudging along. And then just one little thing hits you and you, and you break down sobbing. Well, that's out. life. <laughs> the, um, the emotional part, I guess to put a bow on this before we get to the 888 here and where the tie into D'Amico is and maybe the dr- most drastic difference between D'Amico Ryans and Steve Wilkes, not just schematically, but the most drastic difference overall is that Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, a lot of these guys on that defense, they connected with D'Amico's emotional style of coaching. A lot, oh, yeah. And Robert Sala, too. Yeah. Steve Wilkes reportedly was was up in the booth. I say reportedly like it's some secret, but I don't watch the Niners every week. Steve Wilkes was up in the booth for a big chunk of yeah. the season, and then Kyle Shanahan brought him down to the sideline. So he's... I guess this is a group with the Niners where they like that emotional connection with their coach, and Wilkes yeah, and is not really a, that guy. There was, it was just a mismatch in a lot of ways. So yeah. it's on. I mean, it's on Shanahan and Lynch for hiring him originally, but that's just how it works out. Sometimes uh, you just the guys are under contract elsewhere. The guys that you might really want, uh, and the guy that you had was D'Amico Ryan's. He gets hired away, and and then there you go. And there's also after the um, after the game, Bosa had said that the defense wasn't prepared well enough to defend Mahomes running the ball yeah. on a couple of those back. There's that plays. shot of the one that Mahomes ran on fourth down for about eight yards on fourth yeah. and one, and there's a, you can see Bosa in the background with palms yeah. up going, what's well, going on? Well, Bosa's getting crushed for chasing the run on that, and I think that there must have been somebody that was supposed to scrape over the top. Or yeah. like it was, it was, like Usually if you make that mistake on, the, on an option or a – uh, or an RPO or anything like that, you know it immediately. Yep. That one, it looks like there was somebody made a mental error on that. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.